Hey everybody, I am back. The podcast is not dead, I promise. Um, but yeah, before before I produce any more episodes, I just really wanted to respond to this. Um, you know, the recent tragedies that took place earlier last month, uh, September 2022, because it was really, the, the city of Memphis has been shooken up. Early September was really rough for Memphis. A lot of us are aware especially as Miffians, we're aware that this city does have its problems. It does have its struggles and it's rough. But at the same time, there there are a lot of people here that are doing the best they can to bring value and bring more positivity into Memphis and change the city for the better. And the recent events really lowered the morale for a lot of people here that live in Memphis. When these two events happened back to back, news reporter Joyce Peterson from Action News 5 broke down on camera and said, Memphis is tired. Memphis is tired. And I agree with that. I agree that Memphians are tired because we are all doing our best to, like I said, bring more value into the city. I also want to follow up with, despite these tragedies happening, we should keep going. We're tired, but we should keep going because this is our city and this is our community. And ultimately we want the best for it. Now, I don't want to be too detailed with the case of Eliza Fletcher, but basically to summarize, Eliza Fletcher was a uh, kindergarten teacher that was kidnapped September 2nd, 2022 and found a few days later, September 5th. And apparently she was someone, uh, she was an heiress. She was a granddaughter of late Joseph Joe Orgill, uh, owner of Orgill Inc., uh, which is a hardware company, uh, excuse me, a hardware supply company here in Memphis. And after the events, after the unfortunate events of Eliza Fletcher, runners around Memphis and around the nation uh, were part of this event called Finish Eliza's Run. These runners would, a lot of them being women, uh, ran to show, ran in honor of Eliza, but also ran to show that, that we have the right to run and to exercise in our city, in our own neighborhood. To add, I also want to say that there was also criticism uh, concerning Elijah. You know, the fact that Eliza ran at 4 a.m. in the morning. Of course, there are people saying like, oh, she's running at 4 a.m. in the morning. What was she thinking? You know, what was she wearing? She needed to defend herself better and to have things with her. These are some of the things that people on social media said about Eliza. Of course, I disagree with this criticism. You know, it's 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 so easy for some people to blame the victim instead of the person that did the crime. But anyway, many of the runners speaking to reporters following the the event, a lot of them said that they have have similar or the same daily habits that Eliza had. A lot of people run in the morning just to you know, it's part of their daily routine. It's how they meditate in the morning and have energy throughout the day. It's how they stay fit. It's one of the best things someone can do for their well-being. So many people resonate with Eliza's story. And it is absolutely terrible what happened to Eliza. But I do want to add that if the if the suspect, Cleotha Henderson, was arrested and not released, maybe Eliza would have been alive today. Insert Alicia Franklin. A young black woman who was sexually assaulted by the same person, uh, Cleota Henderson, about a year prior to the disappearance of Eliza Fletcher. 
After Alicia was assaulted, she went to the hospital and made a report to the police. Henderson was arrested, then later released. But her case was never taken seriously, despite there being a lot of evidence. She wasn't even considered until after the whole situation with Eliza. As a result, you have Alicia currently suing the city for discrimination. In fact, two days ago, Commercial Appeal published an article saying that advocates push for investigator to look at failings leading up to Eliza Fletcher's death. So there's definitely a lot more to uncover. But it is very sad that it took the disappearance of someone like Eliza for this to be taken seriously. And even more disappointing that this may have been prevented. The next event I want to briefly cover is the shooting spree that took place in Memphis. September 7th, an individual named Ezekiel Kelly went on a rampage and three people were injured. Four people were killed that day. The entire city of Memphis was on lockdown and frozen in fear. Many of us were scared, including me, my wife, and my wife's sister. Uh, we were out at this uh, restaurant uh, when it was happening. Uh, I was really concerned because I've been following the story a little bit. I, I saw something on Facebook, and I thought it was a prank uh, by someone, but it was a real story. And then we were uh, the restaurant. You know, they closed the windows. They put the blinds down. Uh, we sat there for a good while. And for some reason, there was rumor that the that the guy died, was killed by police. And then a lot of the people there just were leaving the restaurant thinking that they're safe and it was over. But even though they told us this, that the shooter was killed by police, something was telling me, wait, what? Where did they get that from? What was the source? And then as we're leaving, there is an employee like with, uh, you know, trays in her hand. And, you know, we ask her, hey, did you hear about what the other employee said? And she she was like, oh, I have no idea. I don't know what's going on. So, yeah, obviously not true. With the whole city being in a state of fear, it's understandable that that might have been some accidental misinformation happening as this was all going down. So anyway, we all leave and decide to go home. Me being me, I continued to follow the news and I was glued to Twitter and uh, just watched the news until the suspect was caught. Yeah, that was very, that was very scary, man. This To experience that, it, it was scary. It was. I think the scary part was just like not knowing where the person was despite police being all around the city, despite there being police cameras in certain areas, like no one knew where this guy was until of course the guy was caught. After that, I think either the, the next day later or a couple of days later, there was this whole viral video of two guys in the car talking about going on Zeke mode. And that scared people even, even more. And so, man, it was it was a really tough week. The first week of September was, man, crazy. And you can pretty much understand that these stories that were happening right after one another caused, you know, the morale to be lowered a good deal as a result. And I do want to say that in the past on this podcast, I've mentioned that the notion of high crime in Memphis was exaggerated and that we should focus on more of the good things here in Memphis. But I want to be more clear saying that Memphis does have a crime problem, but 
at the same time, there are still people making change uh, in the city. People that want to bring value, want to bring more positive things, people that want to transform the city into something better. And on that note, I want to read a couple of tweets by people from Memphis that I thought were really interesting. Twitter user Cameron Kenley says, and the answer isn't get out of Memphis. The answer is to be a part of the change to help Memphis. Don't complain about the issue, but refuse to be a part of the solution. This other tweet by Jordan the Grizz enthusiast says, I can still love Memphis. I can still love it so much. I demand better from it. It's a very specific grief when the city you love is struggling to hold its head up. Then someone responds to this tweet. Uh, Memphis Everyday responds by saying, we all need to take positive action to help Memphis be better. Consider what small thing you can do to help our city. Do something outside your comfort zone and beyond your current family slash friends slash neighborhood. Lifting Memphis up isn't about a political choice or party. It's us. Honestly, I think these two have the right message. These two are right. And I hope that those of you that are listening can understand that there is a clear difference between ignoring everything bad that happens in Memphis and saying things are fantastic and that Memphis is the safest city in America, which is, of course, not true. But also, it's wrong to just say, oh, Memphis is is a shithole and has absolutely nothing good to offer whatsoever. As I've said in the introduction of this episode, that it's true that Memphis has a fair share of problems, systemic issues, like it's not by accident. But at the same time, recognize that Memphis does have a lot of potential if you look around. Like, man, you got so much civil rights history here in Memphis. Even the Civil Rights Museum is right here. You have the Pink Palace, now known as Mosh. You have the Stax Museum, Stax Academy. You have, let's see, you have a clear history of the blues and rock and roll. You have the Mississippi River. You have the current music scene in Memphis, Memphis rap and trap music. You have Casa Teatro, bilingual group, you know, bringing plays and art and Latin culture. Here in Memphis, you have, let's see, collage dance, bringing a ballet dance to uh, people of color. You got so much here, bro. And you know what? I still have a lot of love for Memphis. You know, I've been involved in a few crazy situations that made me question that a little bit, but I still deeply care for Memphis. With me getting married recently, and at some point, I know I'm going to graduate soon from college, but if I leave, I would always love to come back and visit, even give back in some way if I'm ever in that position. And so the main takeaway from this is don't give up on Memphis yet. Listen, I know this was a very different episode than usual. I hope you still enjoyed. Thank you for listening. Gracias por escuchando. Esta ciudad es complicada, pero me gusta mucho. And see you next time. Tengan buen día. Mi gente.